When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Joined by my main man, Pete. What's happening, Pete? Oh, not too much. Happy Super Bowl day to you. Oh yeah, that's right. Super Bowl today. Damn. Better get some uh, chips and dip in. Seven-layered bean dip? Yep. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. Who's playing? I don't even know who's playing. Uh, Travis, wait, no, uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend and the other team. Okay, perfect. That's all people know these days. It's going to be a lot of young girls watching the Super Bowl this year, I think. Bless them. Mm-hmm. Bless them indeed. Well, who do we got this week? We've got, um, uh, Colon Noir. Is it Colin? There's like an I in it, though. Should be Colin. It's probably Colin. Josh Dubin and Sheldon Johnson. Josh Josh often comes on with with a different guy that's been absolutely railroaded by our justice system. Sometimes those are tough to listen to, but they're important. And then that one was good, a good one. It was good. Is it Josh is always good, dude. He's just a, a great guy. And then finish up with comedian Jeff Dye. I'm glad Jeff got on there. He's He's a good dude. He's funny. Funny guy. All right. So, Mr. Noir. He's a Second Amendment gun advocate, lawyer. Um, he's got a big social media presence. Knows a lot about guns. Um, yeah, he jumped in. Border issue. You know, what's really happening down there? It's. It looks like a mess. And there's still so many people I know that just dismiss it like it's not even a big deal. You know, yeah. they say to me, oh, they're just showing the worst parts and it's not like this. I'm like, I I don't know why they'd be making it up. It looks like trains full of people just coming over. And it's uh, not only our friendly neighbors to the south, Mexican people who have always been coming across the border for as long as we've been having us uh, a border. Yeah, freely go back and forth to work, mm-hmm. and that was a thing that happened. Migrants come pick fruit and whatnot, but now we got all the extra males of China, all the extra males of Africa, and they're they're just coming on over. You don't see too many families. You see a lot of military aged men. Right, what is happening? Yeah, what is really happening? I mean, I don't, I don't really know where to go. I'm seeing, I was seeing this morning somewhere in Texas. They're basically building a wall with shipping containers. Do you see that? Okay. 
Yeah. I didn't see that one. They're just stacking them up. Good building material. I mean, oh yeah, they'll, they'll last fast and effective. But what's the end goal here? I don't know. The left blames the right. The right blames the left. You know, I don't know. Can we it's just? Hard to, it's hard to pinpoint who's at fault here. Mm. Well, it seems like we need at least a decentish wall. I don't think that that's saying that you're anti-immigration just because you have a strong border. It's like, it's just good to have it. It's like, we don't want you don't, any yeah. laws broken, right? Generally. And if you can, you, if you get... you don't have a border, you don't have a country. I've, I've heard some of the finest minds have been saying that for, for years. So you don't have... If you have a porous border, your country will crumble. Mm. Yeah, it might be true. Unless there's just not a lot of immigration back and forth, you know? It's like Canada, it's not really happening between the U.S. and Canada. It's not like people are flooding in up there. So no. that's not where you focus your energy on building a ginormous wall. I mean, eventually you own, could get there. Own problems. Exactly. Canada has has a influx of, of uh, refugees and immigrants as well. For the past 10 years, they've been welcoming China, and that's okay, whatever, have have immigration, but they come through legal means over there. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. Try and try and figure this out. But we'll fumble through it. We'll get it. We'll we'll figure it out. We will. They jumped into a lot of car talk. That was like at least forty minutes talking about super dope cars. Uh if you are massively into that, um, check it out for that reason. Uh I I was keener to kind of get onto just the rest of his kind of philosophy on things. But, you know, he's been on Rogan a few times, so um, that narrative has kind of been covered. And repeat guests often get into a habit of just, like, talking about shit they're into, you know, mm -hmm. which is which is all right. It gives you gives you insight into, into the person. But, um, yeah, it was it – was shitload of car talk and that's fine yeah i learned a new acronym ice internal combustion engine Ooh. um he, he he used that one a little bit and i was like i had to look it up right it's thinking immigration as to again like, as opposed to electric cars mm -hmm. what's the plaid get to the tesla 1.2 to 0 to 60 in 1.2 seconds I, I don't think it's that fast. It's like 1.9. That is a flipping oh, 1.9. That's yeah. like a... That's so fast. Uh, Yeah, that's like Mach 2. Yeah, right. They're saying that the Roadster, though, that hasn't come out yet, is closer to like 1.1. Gee whiz. That seems, that seems just absurd. That's no time. No. That's like now time, to time now. Traveling. And you're already... How do you... Or like... Do, wouldn't that make you dizzy? Well, the I blood think it just... you back. That's for sure. Yeah. It'll knock your panties off. That's for sure. <laughs> knock someone's panties off. Talking about that, they were uh, discussing kind of marriages these days and how half of married women have their backup guy already. The dating world is is a slippery, slippery business. Yeah, you know, you're lucky to be out of that. Right, but. If half of married women have their backup guy, maybe my wife has her backup guy. 
I, I have got, been invited I, up more and more over there. Oh, that is a good point. You're the backup guy. Oh <laughs> no, man. I'll, no, I'm just joking. Of course, <laughs> only if you die. Okay, you'll take care of my family. Yeah. Thanks, Pete. I appreciate it. I've got to think about It'll that. Just be now business. I have a kid. Just be business. Purely business. You just want well, to... congratulations on that baby of yours, by the way. Thank you very much. Yep. Just had little baby Hazel. Very exciting. Yep. Still trying to get some sleep. I think you're going to be saying that for the next 18 years, buddy. There we go. There we go. Mm. So half of all women have their backup guy. I guess I might be the backup guy for maybe like a few ladies then. Probably the single dudes are. Like, think about it. You would be kind of a cross. I think it just makes them feel safe to know that they're, it's like, it's like the old days though. It's like being in the tribe. You got your main guy and then the rest of the tribe guys are there. It's like, you don't want all the men to die in war. No, you don't. Be, be on your own. You can't put and up that's shelves. That's a scary place. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Get the higher rock in the cave. They're going to need me. Yeah. Yeah, they talk a little bit about like work and the fantasy of not doing any work. I think that the, you know, Colin is like in a position now to where because of like his YouTube and other areas that he can make money, like in a sense, he he wouldn't have to work. You know, he yeah. just can like make a lot of money doing fun things. But oftentimes you see the people that are in that position got there because they have really good work ethic. They like working. They like doing it. It's this yeah. fantasy of like just having money and doing nothing, I think gets old real fast. And it and it just seems like something you would want because so many people are working so hard and have for so long and hate their jobs. So it's like, oh God, please just give me the opportunity to have money and do nothing. Yeah, it sounds good. Might be for a minute, but I think very quickly you'd you'd get bored and mm -hmm. you know and kind of unsatisfied can, yeah. too. Only way we can enjoy our free time is if we have time that's taken up by something else. So right. free time no longer exists if you have nothing to do. Right. You know, or you just start drinking by ten AM. Cheers, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> <laughs> No, the uh, we got to do something. We got to work, and that brings up his uh, his next point. The fantasy is. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Working with something you love, right? Yeah, which is a hard thing to find for people, you know, and especially find a way to make money doing it. Um, but today, more so than ever, there's there's a, a clearer route to that, especially with things like social media and Instagram, right? Um, because if you get really good at something that you love and you're interested in, th there often is a market for it, depending on how good you are, because other people will like it too. And if you promote yourself well and people can see what you do, then you have a chance to sell it. 
And I mean, there's more unusual jobs today than ever before. It's like the 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 workforce is really changing. High end word as far like in my field, high end woodworkers don't have to leave their shops anymore. They don't have to go to crafts craft fairs to sell their intricately designed and made couches or bookshelves. They can make a YouTube show and an Instagram uh, sales model and then start selling that stuff. Yeah. And for it, what it's worth. Right. And, you know, you get to see the whole process and more so you get to learn who the individual is making this stuff. And, you know, if their personality is good and you enjoy them, it kind of makes the purchase that much more meaningful you're like oh i love this guy's work i can't wait to own a piece of this you know mm -hmm. it's like almost makes yeah. more art lovers i mean i've never been that into art like not I, I like going to museums and stuff i like looking at the old um the, when i went to paris and uh, you get to see some monets and all these different things in the museums it's cool right but you're not buying any they're millions of dollars and right. You know, just other artist stuff you, you just don't care about. But as I follow different people on Instagram, and then you kind of get to know them and their what they're doing, and it it, it like makes you want to have a piece of it. You're just like, oh, right. yeah, I'm into this. Ultimately, that was traditionally the job of the the docent, the the curator was to tell you about the artist, why it's important to know about them. You connect with them a little more. Ultimately, makes the art worth something. Mm -hmm. And Instagram is um, taking the that role of the curator, which is okay. It leaves some curators out of the job, but ultimately, more art is more better for everybody. Right. I mean, my brother, my younger brother, has um, uh, like a tattoo business. He does tattoo. He does like uh, the tie tap styles. They're very geometric and and um, you know, kind of symmetrical patterns. Um, and his Instagram is like fairly big. You know, it's not huge, it's like 20 something thousand. But because of it, that following, people will write to him and say, I would love a tattoo. And he just travels the country going to different um, studios where he's set up for a week, book all his appointments. And then people in different areas can find him much easier. It's like, really effective marketing and also awesome. he gets to put up a lot of cool stuff on his instagram you know and there's like zero overhead for him in that regard he doesn't have to clean like have his own studio at that point i'm sure he does but he he goes and gets hosted by people that it brings business to their business mm -hmm. and ultimately he doesn't have to haggle about the prices either it's like this is i'm booked you pay this price and we're and we'll go. Yeah, 100%. You're going to get a nice piece. Yeah, it's a really cool way of doing it. And that should be inspiring to young people that are trying to find their path. Like, the opportunities are there. And it's a cool thing because, you know, there are a lot of Instagram accounts out there where people are trying this stuff. And it's and people don't want to follow them. It's just not interesting enough. It's not biting. So the people that are the best at it, that practice the most, that put the most work in are the ones that are going to get the business. So it's not free work. Like, it takes a lot of effort. Um, but you can do it. If, you, if you've got your idea and you really want to push for it, it's, you just got to make it interesting. It doesn't even have to be that interesting. Like, people, if you look on someone's Instagram, they follow maybe 2,000 people. 
It's like, it doesn't oh, yeah. take a lot to get a follow. You don't have to be that interesting. Just have a couple of good pieces up there of whatever it is. It's nice. There's tons you of options. To be alive. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, about guns. So um, he met his instructor. I don't know if it was a jiu-jitsu instructor or an MMA instructor, but basically the same day he met him, um, the guy, his alarm went off at his house. So Colin was like, hey, let's go over there. Let's clear the rooms. After that, they were boys because that's a pretty bro move. And um, yeah, like knowing how to do that is is an interesting thing to I think people should know. Um, and then again, all of the bits about which gun to have. Do you do you do you you own guns, right? Do you have like a nine mil? I got a uh, yeah, I have some guns. I have a forty five ACP, and uh, as a, for a handgun. That's a big that's, round, that's my, right? Yeah, it's it's like it's almost it's almost a subcompact as well. It's a small gun. Is it a hard so to it shoot? Is, it's a little bit small for my hand, but it's pretty accurate. I, okay. I shot it a lot. Oh, nice! And a forty-five is like that's a massive. It'll stop them, especially if you put the hollow points in there. Oh damn! Yeah, I've been thinking but about getting my state. Mount. I don't have to have a. I do not have to have a permit to have it, but. Um, I would have to have one to carry and conceal it. Mm. If I if I had it concealed, I could get in trouble. Okay, yeah, I think in Tennessee here we don't. You don't need a permit for a concealed. Uh, no, you just have one. Um, but you, I think he goes into this. Isn't there like insurance that one might need to have in case you do shoot somebody, and then you have you have the insurance of lawyers and stuff to back you up. I know that that's important to have. I'm sure he has his. Yeah, that's probably not a bad move. That's that's not a bad move. I mean, it's interesting because the philosophy, you know, at growing up in England and moving here, like we don't have guns there. We hear, a lot of people just have the impre- like the philosophy over there that it's like, no, we're not into guns. We don't think you should have them. You wouldn't have school shootings. It took a long time for my opinions on that to change once I was here. Um, and really that just comes down to like education and experience and using them and seeing how people use them responsibly and, uh, and also being fascinated that this is like a modern Western culture that still decides to have guns in society and that it's fairly rare. Not many countries have done that. And, yeah. uh, to look me, at it, them. it's interesting. Yeah. Right. They're all coming over here anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, it's freedom, baby. Freedom. What did you think about the girl that um, got stoned, freaked out, stabbed her boyfriend or the person she was on a date with like 108 times, stabbed herself, and only got like two years of probation? She killed the guy. Yeah, that's not a, I don't, that's a California outcome, if you ask me. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I don't I don't like that one bit. Uh-uh. No. No. There's there's something else going on there. I mean, wacko. Since when is being like. high on something been excuse to commit a crime? Like that's like killing someone in a DWI, driving under the influence of alcohol and claiming I was on alcohol, so I should be let go. Right. It's like that's if you so much- if you run someone over in your car sober the the 
the sentence is less than if you're right. drunk. So if you're high and you stab someone, shouldn't the sentence be higher, worse? I think that they were able to establish that she had a psychosis, um, but I still don't. I don't buy that. I don't like that outcome at all. Well, not yeah. I'm not. I'm not feeling it. I don't know enough about the case, but it, it sounds squirrely, and it is weed too. It generally isn't making. It, you know, I've smoked some weed. It hasn't made me very stabby. I would say that. No, I get a little bit like okay, hungry. I'll go hide under a blanket. Yeah, hungry for sure. Hungry, maybe scared, but uh, oh, the world frightens and confuses me. But I'm not <laughs> going to kill anybody. It's not killing anyone, man. All right, let's jump over to Josh Dubin. Let's get into more ridiculous crimes and sentences. Sheldon Johnson joined him this time. Um, Sheldon's a smart guy. He, yeah, uh, I liked what he said and how he said it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. He had a tough upbringing. Poor guy. So basically it started with a teacher that he had that thought that he was misbehaving and went to like whack him with a ruler and then put, what was it, salt on it? Put salt on it and yeah, whack him with a ruler. Smack, put salt on his hand and then whacked the salt pile with a ruler in the hopes to increase more pain. Oh, more pain. lunatic. Yeah, he's like doing research on torture of children. Good job. So this is like the 80s. And uh, Sheldon said, well, fuck that. Ran into the hallway, got a fire extinguisher, sprayed him. And they basically put him in like a mental ward for years where he was abused a lot. Uh-huh. And drugged up. Just for that. Heavy heavy duty uh, tranquilizers and mood stabilizers that literally ruin your body. God. To think that that was happening in the 80s, like not that long ago. Not long at all. And, you know, how do those teachers live with themselves knowing that happened? Do they really think that they're doing good for these kids? Like, oh, this is sorting them out. They buy into the philosophies and they live and die by those philosophies. It's kind of like a part of their political beliefs, most likely. Mm. And it's then, sad that we've, we let all these kids down, really. Right. And then, of course, once the prisoners are in, you know, like you're a prisoner then, they often get you working. And a lot of products are basically made by prisoners, which are basically being paid as slaves. More products yeah. than we would think. Kind of shocking. Like many grocery stores carry products that have some component that's put together by prisoners. Don't they see the how corporations work where they become a tool of the corporation and now there's this school to prison pipeline don't they see the direct correlation by if we make money from these people, then we'll never not try to fix the problem about how they get in prison in the first place. Mm -hmm. Like no wonder why Finland has like 20 people incarcerated because they make no money off their prisons. Right. It's not a, it just makes perfect sense to me to, to stop these for-profit prisons. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's sad. And there's so much of it happening. I mean, I just don't know how much headway we're making. Like, is this slowly improving or has it been getting worse? Like, where where are we on this? It's not getting better. 
it's definitely not getting better. And then you hear about those judges that have like basically are, are like putting away people for a long time in certain areas, you know, and they, some of them have got caught for like just putting all these kids away to fill these prisons and they're getting like back end payouts. But how easy is it to even catch these people? Well, I mean, take a look at the one in our public eye right now, Kamala Harris. She was she put away people collectively for hundreds and hundreds of years collectively of all the, her sentences as a DA. I think she's a DA in California, if I remember correctly. And she was directly responsible for incarcerating black men for years for weed. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Kamala is a confusing one to me. I don't. I don't get how she got in this position or why anyone thought that it was a good idea. Did they not listen to her speeches before she was potentially the vice president? Was it just purely a, a, a woke kind of vote grab? Yep. She was an intersectional diversity hire. Mm. Yep. Well, also, what about that half of... Um, Inmates are dyslexic that are going in. There's like a learning issue that they have. And, you know, that sounds like a bit of a correlation there. It's our prisons are thriving and our school systems are dying. And they're and we're failing these kids because we're not we can't teach them how to read or keep them engaged in class. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think blame sugary cereals. It's got to be that. It's it's all connected. Sugar cereals. It's all it's all connected. Yeah, I would I would go to school with a full belly of sugar. Um, fr what is it? Frosted flakes. Yeah. Every morning. Good choice. And I was a terrorist in school. That was bad. Couldn't sit still. And then and I have dyslexia. Then you have fifty cents, and you go get Mountain Dew just to perk you up. It's like oh, yeah. how Mountain many Dew classrooms were just full of kids drinking Mountain Dews and sodas, and they were like, sit still and don't speak, and everyone's like... <laughs> drinking Mountain Dew through those uh, sour straws. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Straws Candy all tongue. day. I know. It's the whole system. It's, it's, so it, it directly think. correlate Incarceration directly incorporate, correlates to being in, unable to read. And a lot of these guys learn how to read in prison, mm -hmm. so they become a little more smart, and they also become better criminals. They could, for sure. And that's what Sheldon was saying. He was just a kid that was rambunctious, and he got institutionalized and became a criminal mm -hmm. in in prison. He got out and became a, a lookout. Then he worked his way up to lending people drugs to sell for him. Right. Got involved in a minor scuffle with one of the people who owed him thousands. That guy got hurt, and he was went in jail for fifty years. He was put away for fifty years. Jesus. Before before Josh got a hold of his story. Yeah. Think of the amount of good that Josh has done, and and the awareness that he has now that he can come on Rogan as much as he can. I mean, you give this a generation. And enough people would have heard these stories over and over again to where you know, it'd just be a thing that people are way more aware of and it'd be 
with, like anything, when it's talked about more, that becomes the type of issues that people are running on and they're focused on yep. changing. It's only when this stuff is like swept under the rug. For a long time, we didn't even know that these for-profit prisons work like this and the judges were getting kickbacks to fill them. And, you know, we're basically picking on individuals they knew couldn't afford to defend themselves. So they were easy targets. Um, but as soon as that narrative is discussed and discussed often, it, it's hard to, like, be comfortable with. People are going to want to see change. Like, we don't like right. to hear things like this happen. Uh, What's he saying about the the black cops and judges will often be times more harsh to their to their people of their same demographic than white ones? Yeah, so they don't want to be seen. You know, they're trying to fit in with their own peers, so they don't want to be seen as too lenient in an area of their own bias. So they're often harder on them to show, you know, that they're tough and they won't tolerate that kind of behavior either. Mm -hmm bad you well, know it's not good it's just it's just probably hard to stay kind of really level with these things you know it's like treat everyone the same and do the crime you know put them away at, at the same rate it's being a cop is a tough job and it wears we need to them hear out more about these stories oh and it drags you down you get for every thank you you get 10 like fuck yous no doubt. Like, yeah, no doubt. It's just, I mean, doing, it, they're doing. I would say anyone that's job. like defund the police and fuck the police, and it's like, look, I get it. Okay. Especially if you feel you've been picked on and singled out by them through your life. But I think it would be a smart move for more people to do like those drive alongs or whatever they call it, where you can go out and see what a day or a night is like for police officers in your local area. Again, educating yourself. I think it would change people's perspective on how difficult that job is. And it's not like it's Did that you, paid all that well either. And they and they make the bulk of their money on overtime. And yeah. guess what they just cut funding to in New York? Overtime. No government employee gets overtime. Trash collectors, anybody who's employed by the government, cops do not get overtime right now because that money has to go to giving money to immigrants. Damn. Direct, directly get the, its shelters and prepaid credit cards, phones are going to people from other than here. And they're taking it out of Americans' pockets. Like the services that we need. And the services that protect people like those immigrants and like us and, and each us from each other. Those immigrants need protection too. But guess what? There's no more cops on the streets after 10 p.m. Right. Well, there's a new shift or something. What's up with that, New York? It new, seems new like York they're coming around, wacky. actually. Well, I mean, ultimately what happens is, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Eventually, you're going to see the spoils of your labor, and you're going to go, whoops, it sounded good to get rid of all the cops for these hours, and now everything's way out of control. And crime has gone through the roof. So let's switch it up. But it's just short-sightedness. It's nuts. It is. And all these stories are anecdotal until somebody... Like, they're just stories from one person passed on to the other for now until we have a 
enough data to to correlate actions. Yeah, it does. So, it does take about, a while, though. You know. Yeah, it does. And and to like, you know, work through the fog of misinformation, and it takes. It just takes time to be able to see it clearly, and oftentimes all the damage has been done, and individuals have paid the price for that. Like they they've you know, paid a guess, lot for it. Guess what? Uh, guess what? A country has just been declared the safest country in the Western Hemisphere. Ooh, I don't know. Sweden. El Salvador. El Salvador is now safer than most of most big cities in the United States. How have they managed it? Through a strong arm um, attack on gang members, okay. they've incarcerated like hundreds of thousands of gang members. That's how to do it. Anybody with a face tattoo gets put to put in jail over there. Oh, jeez. Not well, exactly that, but close I get to it. That. Tyson shouldn't go over there then. Oh, he'd be treated like a god. I'm sure he would. Yeah, he can go anywhere he wants. He can. He can. Who doesn't know who he is? He's got to be one of the most recognizable famous people in the world now oh yeah yeah i'd and, imagine and can still punch you through a wall easy uh, he, he, i forget where he was but he he was uh near a rowdy crowd in another country and he shushed people and just silence just the whole place <laughs> fell silent if He's if like, quiet, quiet down over there if mike tyson shushed me i wouldn't ask why yes sir i would just nod stay quiet just keep quiet. Yeah, and hope that hope that we could be friends at the end of it. Well, there we go. Josh Dubin doing God's work. Wonderful. I'm glad that yep. Rogan has him on. Always a pleasure. It's it's just wacky to hear the stories and what's happening. And you know, I don't know what to do about it, what to think about it. But it's good that the message is getting out there. I think that there's there's a big impact that is happening and real change. You know, and it and it's just kind of highlighting how ridiculous elements of our justice system is and it needs to be yeah, fixed. He, he said uh, the vestiges of segregation are apparent in our system. Mm -hmm. They're, it, we ha we're, we're a young country, we're working out the kinks, but it still needs some work. Yep, it does. Keep on it. We, we got to keep working. All right, let's jump over to Jeff Dyer, finish up with him. Jeff's uh, interesting character. His comedy is good. I would say it's, it's he does have some like risque plots in his comedy, but he's mostly a clean comic, really. Um, very funny dude, and he's done the circuit. He's been on the late nights. Through COVID, he had some interesting observations that kind of went against a lot of Hollywood, you know, liberal types. And he kind of got singled out for that. I mean, he was frustrated with, like, the closures, and he just wasn't feeling what was happening, like many people. Um, but that's a tough stance to take, especially in that area, in that industry. Um, and by being somewhat outspoken with it, which is a brave move, he, you know, started popping up on, like, Fox News, Fox and Friends, being funny on that, and pointing out some of the absurdity with what was happening, which was needed. That helped us pull out of it, honestly. Yeah. A lot of people just kept their mouth shut and went along with everything that they were asked to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While also, you know, 
talking mad shit about anyone that didn't, even though they weren't even sure why they were doing it. Followers be followers, you know? Yeah. Which I say, actually, is fine. Be a follower. Like, if that's the route you want to take, do it. But don't demonize other people for not following you. doesn't make you right just because you chose that path. Um, but that's what was happening. And, yeah. I mean, I think what has come out of the other end for him is a different different perspective, a different comedian. And it's, I, I think it's pretty interesting. And his career certainly hasn't suffered because of it, which should give people some hope. I mean, it, really, you see it with most of the comedians that have come out the other side. Like, a lot of them had this philosophy throughout. And I think it's, I think it's part of being a comedian, too, is like you're analyzing social behaviors and society and, and uh, like, trying to observe ludicrous behavior. And there was so much of that in what happened with COVID that it was undeniable to them. Yeah. Um, we didn't know where to be with it, but we know now it was some kind of, of us a, do. it's, it seemed like a, it seemed very blatantly a social control feature mechanism for sure. They're experimented on us. Yeah. Yeah. We were experimented with the, on for sure. With the vaccine, and how they can get us to do anything that they tell us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The um, Joe talks about hemp and hemp as a product for a while, and you know this kind of comes back to just the government banning it because they don't they didn't want any marijuana anywhere. Um, but just talking about hemp as a material, do you know much about that? I mean, one, it's a protein. You can take it powder. And it has yeah. lots of aminos in. It's very healthy. You can make clothing from it, rope. Um, right. I have a hemp ghee. They were talking about hemp geese. It's by far the best ghee I have. By far the best. Do what? Is it rough in any way? Um, no, mine isn't. Um, I'll tell you one thing it does is it doesn't have a tendency to smell as much as my other um, geese. You know, like if you have a ghee and maybe it wasn't a super sweaty sash, you might wear it again. You got to be careful with that because you can get a bit, bit pongy. The the hemp one you can honestly wear a few times. Like it just doesn't seem to hold the odor in the same way, and the material okay. is super strong. Like so yeah. far, I don't have a rip on it. I have some other standard geese that I don't have rips on either that are newer, but uh, eventually you do, right? They're gonna tear somewhere. They tear. At and, the knee, below that knee panel, my mm -hmm. always tear. Yep. And around, Did like, the, uh, what's this bit? That's yeah. the sleeve. Collar, the wrist. The, the wrist sleeve bit. Yeah, they, it often tears there because people are yanking on it. But the hemp seems very strong. It's it's pretty incredible material. And then you can build, well, you can build like, houses, houses out of this out of stuff. It. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. How do we not want this material? Seems you can very make useful. it into diesel. You can make hemp into biofuel. You can really. You can, uh, yeah. George Washington had a hemp had a hemp factory. Like he ha had a, a hemp field. I hope I'm not just totally talking out of my ass right now. But our founding fathers grew hemp. They were into it. They they were hip dudes. Yeah, let's bring that back. We want some good, good uh, renewable resources. 
I mean, it, it seems like you can like do weed. it seems like you can do everything with it. Plus, you get weed out of it too, right? Or like somehow CBD. Yep, tons of CBD. Oh, let's, yeah. let's bring the price down on CBD. Can we all agree on that? It still seems too expensive for what it is. I, mean, I think it might be where you're, the area of the world you're in. Might be. Yeah. Could be. They're not. They're not huge fans of legalizing the the weeds here in Tennessee. Come on, nerds, relax. Literally, relax. Ch- Chill out. Chill out. They're Don't just like, anybody. no. We only drink. Jack Daniels Just here. <laughs> gallons of whiskey. That's gallons all we of need. whiskey. That's what they want. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to look into a hemp gi. I'll, I'll look into it. Yeah, dude. They're a bit more money, but they're worth it. Yeah, check them out. I'll send you the link to the one I have, and uh, you can check that out. I think it was like 200 bucks. It wasn't cheap. but Okay. But it was yeah. also an A3L. Like, those long ones are harder to come by, and you usually have you to pay those a monkey arms. You got monkey arms, bro. It's not my fault. I was born that way. Uh, Jeff really liked uh, some older stories of Rogan, especially the Fear Factor day where he got basically in a bit of a fight with one of the um, um, contestants. Um, Hearing that they didn't have any security on that show was kind of unusual. You would think that shows just would have security, right? You've got a whole production team. At least have one guy. One huge dude. One, one huge dude. Big old black dude. That's what I'd want. Yeah. Like 300 pounds, line. you know, real chill, but knows how to snap some bones. But like yeah. He used to work for a Snoop Dogg or something. 100%. Now he's doing that's, like who, that's what you NBC. want. Yeah. Like a shack sized dude. Just chilling. But yeah, no, they didn't have it. Joe had to uh, grab a hold of this guy. And uh, it's it's a great clip. If you guys haven't seen it, I mean, it's it's OG Rogan at his best. I don't think they ever play edit, but you can see the clip on on YouTube. And what's that one where he was working with couples and there was one lady who was like hitting her husband and he's like don't do that and the then the, the guy was like don't tell my wife what to do. That that is the is fight. That, that was the one. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Okay. He's like don't do that and Joe's like no, you can't do that. Like Joe kept it like he he raised the energy to match the guy, but he didn't lose his cool, and he stood strong with what. Like he didn't look afraid; he looked ready. Yeah, I wouldn't fuck with Joe, dude. Times. He would have fucked that guy up so bad. And the fact that all he did was just kind of get him in a clinch and do really nothing with him was actually super nice because Joe could have just wrecked him. But he didn't have anything to prove. He was just like, you just can't do that. You can't assault people. And you can't fucking yell at me and come at me either. So, no. It went from protecting that guy to having to protect other people from that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, what was great is they're, like, interviewing other contestants. And they were just saying, like, yeah, you don't want to fuck with Joe Rogan. Like, what were you thinking? <laughs> Idiot. So oh, good. Man. Dude. Poor guy's ego got bruised. Oh, no doubt. He's got to pay for that one forever. Supposedly that guy was a nut job, though. All right, let's finish up with a bit of the um, wacky Canadian, you know, transgender stuff. 50-year-old man identifies as a woman. Uh, changing with teenage girls. He's in the on the swim team because he identifies as like a 15-year-old girl. Is that what it is? It is that. Yep. Canada. Yeah. 
And That's California to the north. And here's the thing, just by saying this, some people could say they could listen to this and they could say, oh, well, you're just not inclusive. Well, no, I say that you could identify as a woman and even a much younger age if you want to. But I don't think it's unreasonable to not have access to whatever you think you are identifying as because there are inherent safety issues. And even if there aren't, there could be perceived ones. And I don't think it's unreasonable for 15-year-old girls to not want to change around somebody that has male genitalia, regardless of how they identify. It's right. It's probably not a good feeling. If it's not doing physical damage, being a 15-year-old girl is hard enough. And being changing in front of other 15-year-old girls is hard enough. They have a lot of body issues typically as a pop, as a population. Imagine now you have to do it with this guy, Becky, or whatever his name right. is. Well, you're changing in front of what looks like your dad, but it's not someone else. I mean, it's not even appropriate to be have your dad changing in front of you if you're a girl and you're 15, and that's your dad. I mean, that might be the only time, you know, if, if you, it's horrifying to walk in on your parents changing. Like You don't want that. It's terrible. It, it will scar us. It scars these people. Can. Yeah. I'm scarred. It doesn't sound good. It was an accident. And then they finished up with um, Bigfoot. And I love how Jeff was sure that Bigfoot exists. And there were hundreds of thousands of them. That cracked me up. He's like, they're everywhere. There's just loads of them. Um, <laughs> but what a wacky thing that we still hold on to. I mean, that definitely is more wacky than the UFO stuff. Even when, like, UFOs are more legit today than ever just because of all the sightings and the things that have been happening recently. But, you know, there was a time when it was people banging on about UFOs. You're like, all right, this guy might be a bit of a wacko. Right. But Bigfoot has always been that. You know what? I don't make fun of your religion, okay, buddy? Why don't you just lay off Bigfoot? He's out there scrounging around. Scrounging around. Well, then he's good. He's good at scrounging. He's good at staying hidden. You know, we I okay, guess I'm, we I'm found gonna... a few footprints, but not even like one bone, one skull. We would, dude. I know. Well, let's just take it easy. Let's not throw it out just yet. All let's right. wait. All right. Let's let's and... give let's give a scenario then of how they could exist, and let's make sense of it. Okay. So they only um, die in some... caves. Okay. Right. What if they have a intricate burial practices where they eat their dead or or burn them or something? Um, they could be an interdimensional creature, just like potentially the UFOs are interdimensionally traveling. Mm. Um, there's hundreds of thousands of reported sightings um, by some p- pretty reputable people as even on top of that. There, there is not that many sightings. Hundreds of thousands? That's over a lot. Time, over the whole world. Dude, there's- I, I, there's, I think there's like 50. 50 sightings. I follow, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been watching the Bigfoot shows. All I know is they haven't found him, and it's many seasons. There's a, you, there's, I like. What the do they stories. think he eats? Just put out giant piles of bananas in the woods and just sit around with some cameras. He's going to find them. Right, that's, that's racist. <laughs> what? Oh, it gets Bigfoots. Dude. I bet they bananas. love bananas. They would eat them. Oh, man. They'd be no, they into would. it. Yes, they would. They would. Well, okay, so you know um, 
Les Stroud, the Survivor Man, super reputable um, TV producer, uh, makes documentaries. Yeah, yeah, seen Survivor great guy. Man, maybe. Yep. He has no, he has well. a ten part episode on Bigfoot, and he's a skeptic, but I, I like what he's up to. Uh, he didn't see one. Of course, he didn't see one. But he Shocker. did not see one. <laughs> wait, wait, he did not see one. He didn't not see one. No, he didn't see one. He, <laughs> he, see did, one. he absolutely <laughs> did not find anything. But there was one. So he puts his apple on a tree with a motion sensing camera on there, and he's sleeping nearby. And in the morning, the apple's gone, and he reviews his footage, and there's nothing. Nothing takes it except for one blip. Of the frame, there's like a knobby top of a head that pokes up, and then it's gone. So, you know, he that's there's no evidence. (laughs) (laughs) That's the conclusion. It's like, hey, how about don't put the camera so close to the apple so we can see the whole thing here? Are you telling me that Les Stroud doesn't know how to work his cameras? (laughs) Well, (laughs) because you could. Fuck right off. If that's the case. <laughs> well, there we go. On that note, as, I don't believe in Bigfoot, and Pete as, does. Hold on. That's what we know. Hold on. Let's go for another hour. We can do <laughs> um, if Mulder te- told us in the X Files, the tr- the truth is out there, and I want to believe. Right. So. I like the idea of it, but I it's I'd like fun, a bit more. It? it is fun. It is fun. I think it would be cooler, though, if, like, ghosts existed and there was, like, you know, a bit more, like, evidence in that direction. I think that could be I'm going to send you some literature, and I would like you to read it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Can't wait. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in, staying with us, and enjoying this week of Rogan Reviews. More for you next week. we got some great guests. Shane Gillis is on next week um can't wait for it thank you pete and oh enjoy the super bowl everybody later